Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourself. So, we've got ourselves a good one, don't we? We've got <laughs> just an amazing, amazing time to be alive in ufology. I just watched the UFO congressional hearing in its entirety from start to finish today. Now, I know I'm about six months late on it, but I had seen plenty of clips and, and you know, the highlight reel millions of times. And I just wanted to see if there was something, because I figured there might be something in there that might be amiss. So I decided to go back in and listen. And when you, what I wanted to talk today about is a couple pieces from that congressional hearing. And most importantly, what they didn't really re- report in uh, mass media was that Ryan Graves stated that he had a report from from his time in the Navy as being a pilot uh, for over a decade that they witnessed a football-sized red cube come out of the ocean by a military installation and hover around the military base. So Ryan Graves was was one of the three people in the in the UFO or UAP congressional hearing. Uh, he's the pilot, the Navy pilot, uh, the younger, uh, well, he's probably about the same age as Grush. I think they're both in there. Grush is 36, I think he's 36, and Graves, I believe he's, he might be a little bit older than, than Grush. Um, age... No way, he can't be 28. No, that's not him. (laughs) The pilot, baby. Apparently there's another Ryan Grace who's like a hockey player or something. I don't know. Um, But anyway, what I thought was really interesting was that uh, he talked about the fact that nobody reported this. Nobody reported this and there was no method for reporting this. And that's what's going to be coming up in the next congressional hearing. bill is that they're going to make this this allowable to be tracked see one of the members of congress asked him you know why do you think it's been so easy for the government to to conceal this and cover it up well guess what if you don't have a reporting database that's accessible to the public how the hell are we ever going to get the information out they covered it up the government covered it up by hiring out these contractors like Boeing and, you know, Lockheed Skunk Works and all of these other ones, uh, Raytheon and all of them. 
And guess what? They don't have to report to FOIA requests. So the, the Congress is like, well, where's all these reports? Well, they're buried in these companies. And Grush even said it. He said that there are people within and outside of the government that are holding on to this information. And when drilled and asked about specifics, Grush would never give specifics because he wanted to keep that for the skiff. Uh, which is like the secret compartmentalized facility that they, they go into and they talk about, you know, it, it, it's supposedly like this locked area where no information can get out uh, once they're inside of it. So I don't know if it's like a Faraday cage or what, but they go into these buildings and they're like like lock type proof so they can, they can talk and not, not be heard by spying ears or whatever. But he said he had the information. He said he had a list of names that were hostile and friendly witnesses that he had a whole call sheet on. He also had a whole call sheet for all the businesses that worked for the government and were hiding this information and had it buried somewhere. The The other really interesting thing was that, um, you know, remember, there was three people on that dais. There was Grush, Graves, and, and Fravor, who was a commander in the Navy. Now, <clears throat> Fravor witnessed an account right off of his his battleship that he commanded, and um, this was a, a, a UFO, USO, and that was his main contribution was that he, he witnessed this, and then he knows kind of like a little bit of the inner workings, but nowhere near Grush. But what Fravor said was that, um, you know, without the proper, um, the proper authority, a lot of this stuff gets ultra-classified, without needing to be. He stated that there was a video um, of that somebody took with their iPhone of a UFO, and they they took it, and they put it as above top secret, like, uh, what do they call it, T TCSS, like super top secret um, classification. And he's like, this stuff doesn't need to be super ultra classified, but when they put it in to that level of security, it goes into a locker and it can't be taken out. It can't even be FOIA requested because it, it has this classification. So he said it's easy to hide this stuff because if you give it a high enough classification, you can't get it through FOIA requests. So that makes it really disappointing in a lot of ways. Um, but what I thought was really interesting about this red cube, this red cube, <laughs> football field size red cube that Graves talked about was the fact that, holy shit, nobody else talked about this? Who, you're telling me that nobody else saw this? Nobody else reported it? The media didn't report it? Or if they got it, they, did, they chose not to report it? So why didn't this information come out? You know, probably about a year ago, I did a podcast about the old Saybrook blockheads and the old Saybrook blockheads had a translucent square with a red circle in it and they had like this like little gown and they were like little entities they were about four and a half feet tall and at the top was this red cube well a circle a red circle inside of a translucent cube basically reflecting off of it making the entire thing look red now when I think about red I'm thinking back to all the different cases I've ever heard of a red cube or a red spaceship and I'm like can this be real like this just seems so far-fetched. It doesn't sound like, you know, a triangle craft. It doesn't sound like a pyramid craft. It doesn't sound like a flying saucer. But I'm thinking back, and I'm thinking, okay, what else have I heard of that resembles this craft? Okay, I remember there was an episode on Gaia where um, Emery Smith talked about having to go take samples. 
this was his job. He was a laboratory tech. He did samples of all these different, you know, beings, and they had to, to find out, you know, the chemical composition of these, these like little strands of muscle off of aliens, or they'd have an entire alien body where they'd have to dissect a certain piece and put it into a box, and the box went to somebody that they, you know, they, he had no clue of. But on one instance, he had to go into a into a chamber, into a room, chamber, huge, huge, you know, like a, like where they could keep an, a large aircraft. And they opened, he was guided down the hall with, uh, you know, a guide. And the guide brought him here and he opened the door and he said, okay, here's your room. He was already given instructions to go cut out a piece of this craft. Okay, cut out a piece of the craft? How the hell are you going to do that? Okay, well, the cool thing is, is that he was already working on a body that resembled this craft, a, a, an alien body that was red in nature and kind of like gelatinous, he said. You know, it was very soft and malleable, but it was a body nonetheless, so kind of like a jello body. But the thing was, is that when he got asked to go take a piece out of this this uh, craft, he went in there, okay? He goes in, and guess what happens? When he goes into this room, there's this bell-shaped jello mold-looking uh, ship. When he gets in there, the thing looks translucent he kind of kind of see through it and he sees that okay i gotta go in here and take a piece out so he goes in and he, he has to go up into the middle of it just to make sure he gets a nice good dissection when he goes in there guess what he finds out he goes up in and this thing is like beating like a heart this thing has like an, an energy to it it's not just a ship it's not just a, a transportation device he said this thing was living he said he had to go in there and cut out a piece and this thing the closer and closer he got, the changing the, the thing started to change colors. It got a little bit brighter, even though it was still red. And he he thought it was so bizarre because when he cut a piece off of this craft, which he basically stated he did with a scalpel, he thought it was really interesting. He said, "God, this thing looks exactly like the body I'm working on." Wait a minute, let's go do some tests. Let's go back and do these tests on this on this cut off of this craft. And the craft and the alien body had the exact same composition. What the fuck? How's that happen? How's that work out? How the hell can you fly a ship based off of your body's chemistry composition? Well, I don't know the physics, but you can you can kind of jump to a conclusion and say, well, if you have the same composition as the ship, maybe you can communicate with it easier. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's great, but I don't know about us flying around in a ship that's made out of human skin. I don't know how that's going to work, and sounds a little bit like Silence of the Lambs to me, but hey, what do I know? So that's the story when it comes to red ships. We got the we got the Jello Mold ship that Emery Smith cut off a piece of, and it was the exact same chemistry composition, skin feel, texture, everything, as this alien body he was working on. We have this 300 foot, three you know, 300 foot, 100 yard, uh, football field size stadium red cube craft that was seen off of the Pacific, and then you got, you got what else? You got uh, the old Saybrook blockheads um, from 1967. I think it was up in Connecticut or New Hampshire, somewhere in the Upper East Coast. So all these weird, like, reddish blocks are very bizarre that, that he talked about. And why didn't they talk about this? I mean, why didn't they come out into the, into the press? You know, the only thing, I, they, I mean, they never, they never used that clip, ever, ever, in any highlight. 
The only clip that they really used from Graves was sometimes they would use, sometimes, and this wasn't the most popular one, but sometimes they used the clip that he talked about where they saw these translucent cubes with, uh, or a translucent circle with a, um, a, a black cube inside of it. So translucent circle, it's like a you know circle that you can see through with a with a black cube inside instead of a red one, which makes it even more bizarre. Now they they saw those all the time in the skies as fighter pilots, and they would basically brush them off. However, when they were on on uh, you know on duty or they were going out and doing practice runs, these things would be there all the time, and they would report them back, and people would be like, their 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 uh, their commanders were like. We don't know what they are. They're not ours. And they weren't showing up on radar either. So they, they would see them physically. They would get as close as within 50 feet of the craft. That's that's the kind of testimony that we need. Because that proves that the, that whatever is up there, right? Whether it's a flying V, a flying saucer, a, a black cube and a translucent... Uh, I'm sorry, a black square and a translu translucent cube, or a 300-foot red freaking football field uh, a size craft. These things, not not necessarily they're, they're, they're horrible entities or anything like that, but if we don't talk about them, we don't know about them, they're definitely a threat to our pilots in the skies. And a lot of the, the pilots, including, and, and including um, Grush and the commander, they were all asked by Congress... Uh, you know, certain certain members of Congress, right? Certain representatives, are these things a hazard or a danger to our national security? In not not in like people freaking out or or us giving out classified information, are they a threat weapon wise to our community? And they all said yes, yes, yes. All three of them answered yes, yes, yes. Okay, great. So now we got more information. Now we got more more to go on they're all saying that yeah this is a problem okay so if you haven't seen this congressional hearing in its entirety it's worthwhile i know at the beginning right they give opening statements it's a little boring okay whatever that's like the first like 15 minutes after that it's it's pretty much good good information after good information for about two mm, hour and 45 minutes the whole thing is about 215 something like that so um of course, you have Burchett. Of course, you got uh, Representative Luna uh, Moskovitz, um, and uh, even Matt Gates. Um, you know, really, you know, all these guys did such a fantastic job in and and representing us as as a as an American public to gather this information and make it more public. Um, you know, how much information and how long will it take before we get true disclosure? That's up for debate. But my father wanted to know for sure from the government, which I was like, dude, it's not going to happen, uh, that there indeed are aliens and there indeed are UFO craft that the government is not telling us about. And we got that confirmation with this congressional hearing. So I called my dad up and said, hey, hey, you haven't kicked the bucket yet. Dad's 76. And he's like, I'm like, did you did you hear the government came out and said there are aliens? And he's like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, it's last July. And so I said, you got to get on there and, and watch this this congressional hearing. You know, the reason I kind of stayed away from from this topic on my podcast was because I kind of wanted to sit and wait it out and see what happened and see how much depersonalization they were going to do to all the witnesses and how much bashing they were going to do and see if anything came back out and, you know, and, and there was any, 
you know, rebound effect. And there wasn't. There wasn't. I mean, Grush has been pretty much confirmed as saying who he is. Same thing with Graves. Same thing with Fravor. And all of the stories that they've come out and talked about have been legit. Now, now that we have this, you know, the six months has gone by. Okay, great. Now we know. Um, now we also know that Grush had his little party in the penthouse and gave out his own little speech. It specifically said that these things are extraterrestrial. I'm sorry, not extraterrestrial, interdimensional. I said that in the last podcast. I apologize. Interdimensional. Interdimensional. Now, when you watch the congressional hearing, he actually says interdimensional. He says, I don't want to put it, I don't want to say extra, extraterrestrial because that, that puts them into a box. And he said, you have to keep an open mind that, that there can be more to this than meets the eye kind of type thing. Well, now that opens up a lot of questions, right? Okay, can they. Can they be, like Greer said, can they be extraterrestrial and interdimensional? Can they be from another planet in our universe and simply travel here interdimensionally? Meaning their ship folds space-time and comes here. That's possible. But why does he keep focusing on the interdimensional fact? So that got me thinking. And that leads us into the next podcast, which I'm going to start in just a minute. And you're going to want to listen into it. Because it's damn good. So... I'm going to hold you here. I'm going to let it stop. I'm going to let you think about what we already talked about. Keep, so keep in mind, right, this this podcast was about the red football field-sized cube that people witnessed and Graves, Graves uh, testified on uh, off, of, off the Pacific Ocean. So keep this in mind, a football field size in length. So if that's, if that's true, then these things can be from under the water and in bases. I mean, that's just the beginning, folks. And then we have Emery Smith's testimony about cutting off that piece on the bio ship. Um, I call it a bio ship because it was basically bion, you know, as part of his biology, the alien's biology. Um, and then we have the old Saber blockheads. So, you know, in summary, you know, there's a lot to the congressional hearing that a lot, I think a lot of people didn't hear. Um, and it definitely wasn't pushed into social media, wasn't pushed in, in a highlight reel. And I think it's really, really important because that was one of the biggest things that they said. One of the biggest things that was reported in this testimony was the fact that there was a true witness to a 300 foot, uh, football field size craft, bread cube. I mean, where do you hear about this stuff? Not me. I don't hear about those. I hear about little green men and flying saucers, maybe some reptilians and, and maybe some Nordic stuff. And that's about it man. on the Mantis, too. But whose ship needs to be the size of a football field? Whose ship needs to be coming out of the ocean? Whose ship needs to be seen? Because you know that they probably have invisibility cloaks. And were they trying to make a statement? A lot of people say that only if they're being seen are they really making a statement. The Phoenix Lights, they were making a statement. That thing was saying, hey, you guys have one of ours. We want it back. I think they're talking about one of their pilots. So keep that in mind. I'm going to start up the next podcast because it's a doozy, boy. It's a doozy. It's going to blow your mind. So stay tuned. Take care of your physical, spiritual, emotional health. Follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe is out.